You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Make it a habit. Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate. Stood in line two hours to vote today, Thurston, and Charles got 300 lines of code written. Thompson is here with me as well via Zoom communication, ZM ticker symbol. How's it going today, man? Oh, going good. I see your I, I voted sticker there. Yeah, I put that on there. I wasn't and... sure what that was at first, but now that you mention it, I yeah. can tell yeah. it says I voted. I did. And are you proud of that? I, you know, I'm proud of sticking it out for that whole time. Uh, my wife went. Two hours. Why two hours? It was actually a little over two hours. Um, well, there were just a lot of people there voting. And basically the whole city of Antioch, if you're early voting, you're all going to the same place. And I didn't want to go. I was, which makes a lot of sense, by the way, they, they shut down some other voting places yeah, yeah. because of COVID. So it's, let's get all the people on the same location. It's better to have thousands of people at one location than thousands of people spread out amongst 15 different locations. And we'll make yeah. the hours shorter. Yep. <laughs> Please be six feet apart. Makes so much sense. There's a lot of stuff that makes sense, by the way. You know, I was talking yesterday um, about how my nephew, well, he found out that his, the person who sits behind him in class, well, they came down with a little bit of COVID and uh, which he's, he's eight, came down with a little bit of COVID. And so he is quarantined from going to the school. Okay. But, uh, but, but check this out. He's also got three siblings. And they all live in the same place. They see each other all the time and they go to the same school. Well, they're all, they can all just still go to school right now. And I'm trying to figure out the logic. You know, I'm not saying we need to quarantine everyone and we need to do all this. But what I'm saying is if you are on that side where you're like, if you have had exposure or if you might have it, well, you need to make sure you don't go any, around anyone whatsoever. The problem becomes when there's no logic behind the actions that you're taking, but you still get to sit here and wave your Galdern virtue signal like you're doing something, and it annoys the hell out of me. Because if you're worried about my nephew having it, well, then the same amount of worry should go for my other nephew and my two nieces as well, because they all live in the same place, and they're around each other all the time, and they go to the same school, all right? This happened in Illinois or Tennessee? In Tennessee. I was going to say, I think it's different states have different rules. I know in Illinois, if you're exposed, you have to, you have, well, you're supposed to quarantine. Yeah. I don't know how they track you, but you're supposed to. I'm just, but how did, I mean, how did your, um, you know, how'd your uh, nephew find out Did he look at his friend and say, uh, Hey man, how you doing today? And he's like, Oh, not bad. Just have a little COVID. Yeah. It's like, well, I just got a little bit of COVID, man. Uh, just no, the, uh, I guess the, the student was tested at some point in time. Maybe he was sick in some kind of way and the school called. And since they sit right next to each other, um, the school called and said that he couldn't come to school for two weeks. And listen, I get that, but if you're going to do it, at least make some kind of logical sense because if you're worried about him having COVID, then what about the other three kids that go to your school uh, that also live in the same house? I guess it's two kids. One of them is too young. They live in the same house and they're also going to the same school. 
So by letting them go to school, what you're saying is my nephew doesn't have COVID. And you know that. That's what mm -hmm. you're saying. So either you're worried he's got it, which means you need to be worried about the other kids, or you don't think he has it, which means he should just be able to go to school. It's I'm like, look, I'm, I'm maybe California is doing it right. I'm worried everybody's got it. Why don't we just burn everything down? Yeah, I think we just need to start with a clean slate. That'll you know? solve it. We That's need to create a, we, this needs to be a new segment called that don't make no sense. <laughs> I think that's the whole podcast. And we'll record that and we'll play that every time you say something that don't make no sense, man. Just don't make no sense. Anyway, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast, place where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. And that's key, by the way, when we want to, because there is other life going on. But we try, I mean, pretty much every single day of the week because we love doing this. We love sharing this with all of y'all and what is what else is there to do in life besides pursue something meaningful otherwise you're just roaming around like a rabid dog and gratifying impulsive pleasures and and never getting anywhere in life and we don't want to do that do we you don't want to do that to tyranny and authoritative <laughs> authoritative kings and queens and off with their heads and we no, we want freedom and liberty so that's why we call this good morning liberty and uh, we talk a little bit about politics. If it's your first time listening, we thank you for joining. Thank the person that sent you and then please share the show because, as Nate said at the beginning, every show is fantastic. Just ask the live group and the Patreon. It's, they're here every day. I've said that so many times now. Honestly, could even tell you what I say specifically at the beginning of the podcast. I don't even think about it. If I have to write down what I normally say right now, I couldn't even tell you what it is. It just comes out right there at the beginning. If I tried to think about it, that I would fumble it up. It just starts just free flowing. You know, right now I can't even remember because it's not the beginning of the show. You know, mm -hmm. it's just it's just a, a habit. It's just, you know, that some of them habits that you work up. Um, In your brain, it transferred from the prefrontal cortexes on down to the um, dubla amlagata. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is... Yeah. Um, which is, you know, not why alligators are ornery. It's a, it's actually because they have all them teeth and no toothbrush. But the 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 medulla oblongata uh, is uh, is where where your prefrontal cortex gets some of its speech transfers through. And listen, it's mm -hmm. it's science. Okay, yeah. there's really, I mean, if you guys want, we're starting a, a master class on on uh, scientifiology. And if you guys want to mm -hmm. go through that. Uh, then we'll then we'll let you know what the uh, website is. So anyway. we're doing all kinds of experiments too, and looking for volunteers. So <laughs> <laughs> send in a message. <laughs> I got a I got a bone to pick with a couple different uh, with a couple different podcasts right now. None of the ones uh -oh. that we talked about previously. Don't worry, it's not uh -oh. really a bone. It's not really a bone to pick with a podcast. Have you seen anyone talking about this congressional hearing with the big tech people and and uh, Jack Dorsey from Twitter getting in trouble over a couple things that he said while he was talking? to the people there in the in the Senate. Have you seen any of that kind of stuff recently? Mm. No. So they've been no, all I saw was uh Mark I feel like I think it was Mark Zuckerberg who was the one calling for regulation, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so of course he is. Yeah. Why wouldn't Facebook, the largest social media company out there right now, not call for regulation? What why would <laughs> they do that? Um the thing that has annoyed me from it was I've heard a couple different uh, libertarian leaning podcast host just praising Ted Cruz for the stuff that he said to Jack Dorsey. Now, listen, I'm I'm very annoyed and upset about what Twitter's been doing. They're obviously censoring things that don't need to be censored, and they're obviously not applying their rules evenly. And that is the more annoying part about it. If they would at least do it evenly, regardless of what your political affiliations were. It, you know, at least we could say that they were unbiased in the way that they were doing. So I'm annoyed by it. Mm -hmm. But uh, for instance, on Twitter, you can't uh, you can't blast about climate change because you're going against science. Mm -hmm. But if you do say something about biology, mm -hmm. well, then you're well, it's not that's not the real science. That's no. not real science anymore. That's not the science I like, <laughs> you so, know, then, um, you're, then you're booted off Twitter's. Um, I hate Twitter, man, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I hate birds. What I heard was Ted Cruz going off on Jack Dorsey at the end of it. Um, he was the CEO of Twitter, I believe. Uh, either that or he is the late stage Tom Hanks and Castaway. Uh, I can't really tell which one he is. <laughs> um, but I heard him going off on him. And he goes, who 
who voted you into into power, sir? Why do you get to choose what gets out there and what doesn't? And, and everyone's just been praising him for, yeah, he's right. No one voted him in the power. He shouldn't be able to do this. And even people like Dave Rubin and then, of course, Shapiro uh, were like, yeah, Cruz nailing him up there in front of everyone. Love it. Not in that kind of way, but in the way that I like. Well, maybe Dave Rubin, but not Ben <laughs> Shapiro. So I, don't, I disagree completely with that. <laughs> I, I disagree with that because no one voted him into power. That's correct. He runs a business and the people who decide the, to use his business freely, they're the ones that decided he gets to have whatever that power is because he's the CEO of a company that people freely choose to use. You don't vote That's for what people. I was going to say, actually, who voted him into power? The market. Yeah. The, 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 all the people who use Twitter. <laughs> that's, and, th and that's, that's what gave him a supposed power, so to speak, I guess, to disseminate information, how he sees fit. Yeah. That, or, how, or how he directs his AI bots to do it. And that gets annoying to me because I'm like, yeah, Ted Cruz did a great soundbite moment. But it doesn't make any sense from a free market standpoint. Of course, no one voted you in the power. That's the whole point. The free he market. Angry enough that he was spitting like uh, Lindsey Graham does when he gets all that. <laughs> I don't. I didn't actually see the video. I just heard some clips okay. from it. I'm not real sure. Um, you don't vote for the people in power. The the people themselves vote with their feet and with their fingers in this case over who's going to have that power. This is the guys. This is the moment all throughout history. When stuff got hard and the business started to look like a monopoly or it looked like the federal government needed to come in and regulate something because obviously there is an issue right now with the fact that most people are getting information from platforms like Facebook and Twitter. This is the moment right there where when no one stood next to their liberty-minded principles and said, you know what, I don't like this but I can't have the federal government do anything about this because it's not their job. And this is the time when no one has done that throughout history. They always decide that this time we need the federal government to do something. And the, the plain fact of the matter is we don't. We don't need the federal government to create a new platform where we can uh, type out stupid crap that a lot of people don't really even need to know and doesn't matter and other people can share it and do stuff like that. We don't need the government to do that. If anything... It's good that we all know that Twitter is clearly biased and doing terrible things. It's going to help Parler out. All right. It will help Parler app out. You can go get on there. We're on there. I've done a terrible job making sure that we posted things on there. But um, starting uh, next week, I will do a better job <laughs> at that. <laughs> Not today. Tell yeah. you what. So right now. I'll, there's You have a signing in your office there that says, I'll get to that next week. Yeah. So every time you, you're asked a question about that, by the way, speaking, I just want to make a real quick plug. We have almost, I think, 9,300 followers on Instagram and we need to hit that 10,000 mark. So if you're not following us on Instagram, uh, please go do so. That's at Good Morning Liberty. Go follow. We don't hardly ever plug our socials. So y'all who are listening to the show that don't follow us on the show's socials, go to Good Morning Liberty on Instagram. That's at Good Morning Liberty. Hit that follow button. We are almost to 10,000, which will allow us to post links. That's the threshold you got to get. That's the privilege you need to be able to do a little bit better marketing on Instagram. So go to Instagram at Good Morning Liberty. Give us that follow. That is the uh, Pareto distribution threshold for Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. You cannot start posting your links until you hit 10,000 followers. On YouTube, it's 1,000. Uh, you cannot monetize your YouTube channel until you have 1,000 subscribers. And uh, there's all it kinds of... It's 10,000. Um, Facebook, you had to have something like 100,000 views and, and uh, 100,000 three-minute views inside of a certain amount of time before you could put ads on your videos. You have 10,000 yeah, followers. I yeah, I can't remember what exactly it was. Uh, so there's all types of little Pareto thresholds on all of these social media channels. Um, we we hit them on Facebook and, and Twitter's going well too. You should follow us on there because that is actually where I'm mo most active now. Um, and then that's at good AM Liberty. Yeah, that's the only one that's different. Yeah. TikTok, we hit the threshold. We, had, we have 14,000 followers on the TikToks. Yeah. And so, yeah, y'all just go follow us. Search Good Morning Liberty everywhere, except for Twitter. It's Good AM Liberty. Yeah. Good AM. 
So all, all I'm saying is I don't want the government to do anything with Twitter or Facebook. It's we, we all clearly know that they censor things. There's not anyone out there that I doesn't want, know that. I want unfettered social medias. <laughs> I, I want that as well. But guess yeah. what? I don't want it bad enough to stop using Twitter, do I? So I guess I don't really care about it that much. Well, what I kind of mean by that unfettered, I, I don't want any, I don't want government to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, if, if government even gets close, which they are right now, that's when you start to get scared. Cause here's the thing. Who are the people that are going to be making the regulations? Exactly. The people you don't want making the regulations. Yeah. So all you freaking conservatives out there, I understand it is frustrating. We've been censored on stuff. We had, 90% of our reach taken from us from Facebook because of something we shared for like a, what a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, that hurt us. It really did. But you know what? You don't want the government regulating this crap. How many times have you seen the government step in to regulate something and it gets better? Yeah. Never. Not once. Not ever. Never, ever. The only <laughs> thing I can think of actually that might even be anything would be smog in the cities. <laughs> That's the only thing. Although I think people would have got tired of it quick enough that we would have come up with our own solutions. However, they outlawed the smog, and I think it got better. I don't know. The smog? Did you put an L in there? The smog. (laughs) Charlie, tell me about, uh, have you became an expat yet? Are you you there? Are you living the life yet? I want to. You know, I have a, um, I have a child, um, and, and it's going to be difficult for me to make this work, but I have dreams about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, how often do you think about libertarianism and what it means to be a true libertarian? And you're like, I want to go live out that lifestyle. I want to live unfettered libertarianism. Well, you know what, folks, you can do that. You can do that. There are ways you can do that. One of them is by moving to Panama or some other kind of country. And you can figure all that out and get all the inside information by going to expatmoneyshow.com. That's E-X-P-A-T moneyshow.com. And, uh, you know, freedom and liberty. If you want all of that without paying taxes legally, then you can do that. And this guy, we interviewed him a couple weeks ago. I want to say three weeks ago now. His name is Mikkel Thorpe. We had a, a freaking amazing conversation. I learned so much that I did not know before. And uh, he has all the tools and everything necessary for you to learn how to live the true libertarian lifestyle. So head on over to expatmoneyshow.com. Again, that's E-X-P-A-T moneyshow.com or search at your favorite podcast, your favorite podcasting app, search expat money show. And they have a growing forum and Facebook group and all (laughs) kinds of things where people are learning how to live the true libertarian lifestyle. So again, expatmoneyshow.com, E-X-P-A-T moneyshow.com. Sign up, listen to their podcast, download everything. You are not, you're not going to be upset about it. And then when you finally get up to courage, you can go live the expat lifestyle. I love How would it. you like to pay nothing in taxes? That's, I mean, that How would you like to so live good. in a country that doesn't, that doesn't start a bunch of wars? That sounds good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to expatmoneyshow.com. Y'all, and just one last thing on that, you know, this it's times like this, you think that there's no other options. You know, Parler, it's not my favorite app that ever existed in the world. I'd rather be using something. You guys ever use Path? I love that app. That was a good app. Um, it, I, I would rather have something like that. Um, Parler, I know they're going to keep getting better, but it might not even be Parler. It could be something else. But those companies need an incentive to be created. And we, we don't need the government to come in here and try to fix Twitter because they're going to do a terrible job at it. What we need is the market to come up with something better and for people to come in. And if Parler isn't going to work, then someone's going to come up with something that is even better. What did Parler do wrong? Someone's going to come in and do something better. That, that thing that Jordan Peterson started, couldn't stand it. It's called ThinkSpot. I was so excited to make an account on there. I used it one time, couldn't stand it whatsoever. It was a terrible yeah. idea overall, in my opinion. So someone needs to come up with something better. It's it's the times where it doesn't look like there's going to be any more options. That's when the market decides that something else needs to be created. And so we're going to get in that point. And yeah, maybe for a little bit, there's not going to be another option. It's going to feel like you're living inside of a, of a monopoly structure in some kind of way. That's when the free market needs to be allowed to come in and start something else that's better. 
and they're, well, I'm thinking about do it. the timeline. I mean, so you had, you know, <laughs> Facebook really, well, MySpace actually, and then Facebook came along and then there was Twitter and then, um, I don't know, there are probably some others, but then Instagram came along and Facebook bought Instagram. Uh, but then you had all these social medias already and you're like, oh, nothing else can come along. And then TikTok exploded. I think they got like 500 or 600 million users now, something like that. That's over a billion, sur- well over a billion. It's over a billion, over yeah. a billion users now on TikTok. Yeah. They surpassed Snapchat probably. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just think about that. They're, just because you think the market is saturated doesn't mean you can't come up with a better product that will take over. And, you know, that's just how the the free market works. When, when there's so many problems that people get fed up enough, somebody smart enough will do something about it because there's a lot of money to be made when you take care of people's problems. Exactly. That's, if you want to start a business, find a problem, to take care of. Well, hey, man, what are our problems? Well, let's solve them. And there are some good people in the tech industry that can come up with this. There's people, I mean, he's not perfect libertarian or anything like that, but uh, I believe Peter Thiel is very, very liberty-minded. Peter Thiel is an original investor in Facebook. Um, Co-founder of uh, PayPal. A lot of other stuff. So, I mean, there's people out there that are going to see the need for this and and they're going to come out there and create it. I don't want the government to fix Twitter. I want them to get the hell out of the way and someone else to come up with something that's better. That's that's really all that I'm saying right now. All right, we're going to run through this real quick. From thenation.com, thanks, Neil, for posting this in the private Facebook group, which you can get to by going to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty for as little as five bucks a month. You can get in the private group and watch us live every single day of the week when we want to. How libertarianism made Arizona a COVID-19 hotspot. Oh, this is going to be great. Now, did you realize that Arizona was just this libertarian utopia in some kind of way. They're just living pure libertarianism out there. Libertarian paradise. Just completely controlled by libertarians out there, apparently. Now, we'll we'll run through this. It's got a little bit of length to it, but it's I I chopped out as much as I could and left the important stuff to a little bit of length. A little bit of length to it. Yeah. This summer. Stacy, a third grade, I'm not going to say your last name, third grade public school teacher in Peoria, Arizona, painted a message for Republican Governor Doug Ducey on the rear window of her car. We are not sacrificial lambs. <laughs> how many? I need a number on how uh, the two one teacher. I'm not I'm not OK with any teachers dying. But have there been just, just like this massive amount of teachers dying around the country? Any Very more than welcome. any more than die from. All kinds of other stuff every single year at all? I don't know. Arizonans are justifiably angry at those who refuse to wear masks or insist on having access to overpriced nightclub drinks. But most activists say blaming the selfish actions of individuals obscures the root cause of the state's more than 5,000 COVID-19 deaths and more than 200,000 infections. A libertarian ideology that has long eroded Arizona's public institutions. Ducey's response to this crisis has left it to local networks, especially teachers and mutual aid groups, to organize and protect their communities. But without common sense policies and state support, there's only so much they can do. Mm. Okay, so they left it up to the local municipalities to take care of things. Sounds good. You know, the first case of the coronavirus in Arizona was confirmed late January. It was the fifth confirmed case in the country. About two months later, Ducey declared a public health emergency and introduced proactive measures through his executive order, though his executive order notably did not address masks, social distancing, or limiting non-essential business activities. Because at that time, the (laughs) CDC was actually saying that masks don't do anything. So I was going to say, at that time, they literally, even even the Sir Fauci himself was saying that masks were not a good idea. It's, it's okay to go back and talk about history, you know, and, and just hindsight history all all the time. Looking yeah. at it from from today's point of view, we can do that with anything. So, uh, where were we? While he encouraged the public to follow the health department's guidelines, he blocked local governments from requiring masks. It wasn't till mid June that he changed his mind and allowed cities to impose mask mandates. Arizona now has one of the highest COVID nineteen per capita rates in the United States. There's a couple really key words in that first first sentence. One of the highest COVID-19 per capita rates in the United States. Do you think the higher ones above it are also suffering from too much libertarianism? (laughs) Not coincidentally. Now is that top five, top 10? I'm not sure. 
It just it literally only has to be in the top twenty five. Yeah, but it's to it, be one of the highest. One of the highest. It needs to be in the top one thousand. And uh, no, I don't know what it needs to be uh, per. Oh, it's well, states. Only 50 states. I was thinking of a city at that time. Yeah. Uh, one of the highest. I mean, it could be anything above fifty if they wanted to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's higher. It's one of the highest. Not as low as that one right there. Not coincidentally, it was also one of the last to close its businesses and one of the first to reopen them. Saskia Popescu, mm. an epidemiologist at the University of Arizona, told me that when Ducey allowed the stay-at-home order to expire May 15th, the coronavirus situation went from zero to 60. They had zero coronavirus situation happening on May 15th, and it went all the way to all the way up to the uh, speed limit. <laughs> I didn't know this virus had a vehicle. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. What do you think it's driving? A Tesla? She said the state became a perfect case study of a place that was unlikely to have severe surges, but then did not reopen businesses in an incremental slow phase process. Instead, the number of confirmed COVID-19 infections started to skyrocket. As, mm. as do see... What about was, the mortality rate, though? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Whether they have, they had the highest COVID-19 per capita rates... Yeah, that's not per capita deaths, but we got to pay attention to the cases when making the points that we want to make, not the actual deaths, which are what matter. As Ducey was making these life or death policy decisions, many public health professionals said they were being ignored. On March 28th, the Arizona Director of Emergency Management announced her resignation because of the lack of communication and transparency behind the scenes and because the directives from the governor's office have been to work completely outside of the state emergency response and recovery plan that the governor acknowledged and directed the state enterprise to follow. Just as the stay-at-home order was approaching its expiration date in May, local news outlets reported that the Arizona Department of Health Services told a 22-person team working for, free, uh, working for free on predictive models that the virus has spread to pause their work. Don't make any more predictive models, uh, which are... <laughs> we have to have those because they're always right. This, mm -hmm. according to Popescu, was one of the first indicators of the politicization of public health. <laughs> That's the first. It's switching to a policy where you allow people to make their own decisions in life. That's politicizing public health. Yes. <laughs> That's not, not the not, other way around. Not this article. This not article is this. not politicizing it. No. 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 When you... <laughs> when you allow people to be free, you know, interestingly enough, the other thing that was happening or the other thing that's happened this year is state revenue is down. folks. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. like I saw this uh, thing from Illinois. I want to say their sales tax revenues down like 50 percent, their uh, retail sales tax revenues down like 70 <laughs> percent. All this stuff, all the state's revenue is declined so heavily. Gas tax revenues down like 30 percent. Uh, all this stuff. It's just quite, quite the hysterical um, turn of events. On, uh, let's see, on June 17th, Ducey allowed local governments to pass their own mask requirements. By then, about 1,500 Arizonans had died. Robert Washington, a cancer survivor and diabetic who went back to work as, as a casino security guard so that he could afford his insulin, died about two weeks after his first day back at work. Five of Ricardo Ricardo Aguirre's family members in the state died from COVID-19, and he, his wife, children, and brothers all tested positive. By the end of June, Kristen Urquiza, I should have made you read this, lost her father, Mark, and her obituary to him has since gone viral, and her message made its way to the Democratic National Convention stage. This is the person who said his death is due to the carelessness of the politicians who continue to jeopardize the health of brown bodies through a clear lack of leadership, refusal to acknowledge the severity of this crisis, and inability and unwillingness to give clear and decisive direction on how, on how to minimize risk. <clears throat> yeah. The governor's office told me that it did not lift the prohibition against local governments passing mask mandates too late. So remember, the, actual, the state itself had prohibitions on local governments making mask mandates. This is something we've talked about before. I actually, um, I actually like that because I do still think that if the higher up offices of government have any job, it is to stop the ones below them 
from enacting any type of tyrannical things that take away the liberties of the people. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> if they have any job, it is to say, you're taking people's liberty away. You don't have the right to do that. And it's my job, one of my only jobs, to stop you from doing that. So I, I agree with them doing things like that. The local governments can be tyrannical as well. So within a month of rescinding the ban, about 90% of the states, counties, cities, and towns had instituted some form of masking requirement. Masks aren't the only area where the state's behind the curve. When the first stay-at-home order expired in mid-May, Arizona ranked 50 out of 50 states uh, for, uh, let's see, tests completed with results per 1,000 people, according to data from the Kaiser Family Foundation. By July, only 9% of the state's adult ICU beds were available. Some coronavirus patients in Pima County, the county with the second highest population density, had to be transferred to hospitals in Phoenix and all these other places. So here's, <clears throat> here's the idea. The people in Arizona are dying due to too much libertarianism. That libertarianism is what is killing people in Arizona. Now, <clears throat> aside from the fact that they said Arizona has one of the highest per capita rates of infection, meaning there are other places that have higher per capita rates of infection. You could probably pull them up on that their uh, world Worldometer website because it does go state to state when you click on the countries. Um, I'm betting the other ones that are that have a higher rate are not uh, suffering from too much libertarianism. And you also can't blame this on libertarianism in general because we don't have any type of libertarianism when it comes to the healthcare system whatsoever. When it comes to things like being able to test yourself. When it came to things like producing masks and wearing masks or not wearing masks, or you get into a mask shortage, things like that, you don't have CDC guidelines, <clears throat> any any of that kind of stuff. You don't have a libertarian system when it comes to that. So you could say it was libertarian to uh, not make people wear masks or to allow people to have backyard parties, like this thing eventually goes into, and that's been one of the problems: is that people have been having parties in their back in their backyards. And that's killing people, too. And so you could say that's libertarian, that people got to do what they wanted to. Um, but when you mix in everything else with it that leads to people dying, you can't blame the whole thing on libertarianism. You can't blame any of it on libertarian libertarianism, really, because we've seen no correlation between places that have very harsh mask mandates and very harsh stay-at-home orders and places that do not. There's there's no correlation in saying that stronger mask orders and stronger stay in home orders are leading to less infections and less deaths. There's case in point, New York. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in California as well. I mean, yeah. it, it's they've had the harshest lockdown restrictions out of anyone. Those two places. And they're also uh, leading leading the pack. You know, the, they're doing such a great job if their job is to kill uh, you know, let the most amount of people die from this virus. That's not even a good way to word that because I don't think that that's what's really happening. I think this is a virus and people are going to die from it. Well, and my thing is too, all these virtue signalers are, how arrogant are they? You know, how arrogant is this, is this article? Because what they basically are saying is if the people we liked were in power or if we were in power and got to direct the tyranny, well, then more lives would have been saved. Well, how do you know that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. What a yeah. what a great position to be in, you know, screaming from the backseat driver going zero to 60, you know? Well, if I would have been driving, then this all would have been fine. It's same thing with the Democrats and, and Trump and all that. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact thing. It's an it's an it's it's a bunch of arrogance because no one has any idea on how to prevent something like this. I mean, this thing spreads pretty much like the flu and it seems to be a little bit more deadly than the flu. And we don't have a vaccine for it. It's probably just as deadly as the flu, but the flu has a vaccine um, that we've had for. And whatever, some and therapeutics years. that are widely available. Right. Yeah. And the, we don't have anything for this yet, uh, basically, um, except for the fancy stuff that Trump got to take. <laughs> but anyway, I, you know, I just, I, I can't even with these people anymore. And I'm not saying, I mean, still, we're going to see another wave. In fact, the cases are going up and, and hospitalizations are going up and people are getting, um, you know, hospitals are getting busier with COVID-19 and it's still dangerous for old people. 
Um, but I did the math on their numbers at the beginning of this. They had 5,000 deaths and over 200,000 cases. Um, that's 2.5% mortality rate. And that's just yeah. the known cases. There's probably people that already had it and didn't die. So, yeah. And there's, well, there's also uh, Arizona is a place where retirees go to live as, yeah. as well. Uh, I guarantee you, if you just looked at the amount of people on, even if you just said under the age of 70 that had died, that that mortality rate, what it goes down to less than 1% at that time, maybe 1%. If you go less than 70, you go less than 40 or 50, it goes well under 1%. I mean, this is this is what we've destroyed our economy for, folks. This is what we're mm-hmm. this is what we're causing poverty for and depression and and all kinds of stuff for is something that um, the bulk of people that have died from it were older than the average lifespan of a human being anyway in the United States. That doesn't mean it's okay, but it does mean <clears throat> that the bulk of the population is fairly safe from this. The bulk of them. Not everyone. We can all we could sit here until next year telling stories of people with some great empirical evidence that every, your average normal everyday people were not safe from this. But that doesn't mean that statistically that idea holds up at all. We could tell a bunch no, of almost stories. Almost all the people, almost <clears throat> all the people so far in the last, let's say, maybe 30 years, 30, 40 years, almost all the people in the last 30, 40 years that have flown on a plane have lived. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ones there's a, only a few that haven't yeah very small he makes a good point here he says here's the deal jack <laughs> liberty is deadly we need a safe we need a safety net around our freedoms jack and honestly that's true right that, like nothing in this life first of all there's there's no utopia it doesn't exist but nothing in this life comes without the possibility of some consequences you know flying is an example uh, anything else dangerous that people do, like racing cars or whatever it is, like the freedom to be able to do these things, to have experiences in life, uh, to to forge on with making ends meet or whatever it is that you're doing, trying to raise a family or anything like that, it all comes with risk. You drive, if you drive to work every day, that comes with a risk. Like the the freedom and the liberty to move and do different things comes with the risk all the time. I mean, hell. I don't. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't outlawed rattlesnakes in Arizona because I hear that's dangerous if you get bit by those things. Yeah, uh, like uh, and fear. Fear is irrational on, too. Uh, it's it's super irrational because like I'm more afraid of flying than I am of coronavirus, and, and statistically that doesn't even add up. I don't believe. I think I would rather get coronavirus than go on a plane somewhere right now. Honestly, it doesn't make any sense statistically, and that's. No. And that's honestly how I need to look at everyone who does espouse these ideas and who is who are really scared of it, uh, because fear is not rational. And so we can at least understand that, that people do get scared of something. And honestly, that's the media's fault, and they're sorry. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're real sorry about that. Charles, Scotland's came a long way since Braveheart. And uh, I wanted you to uh, tell me about this new bill that they're talking about. And uh, it's 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 pretty oh, it's pretty ridiculous. This so, is coming from the National Review. <clears throat> hate crime bill. Hate talking homes must be prosecuted. So a controversial bill is making its way through Scotland's parliament uh, would criminalize hate speech, even if the offending words were uttered in someone's private home. That's uh, I have no idea what they fought those wars for then. <laughs> Members of the Scottish Parliament questioned Justice Secretary uh, Hume. This is, I know you had me read this for a reason. Um, Humza Yusuf, for the first time on Tuesday, about the hate crime and public order bill, which would establish a new crime <clears throat> stirring up hatred. <laughs> in, in quotes, stirring up hatred. The legislation criminalizes hate speech relating to age, disability, religion, sexual orientation, transgender identity, and variations in sex characteristics, including potentially hate speech spoken in private residences. After criticism from groups saying the bill threatens to stifle free speech, Yusuf agreed to amend the legislation when it reaches the stage two of consideration in Parliament. The amendment would stipulate that offenders may only be prosecuted if they had intent to stir up hatred. 
<laughs> Let me clarify here. I'm not intending to stir up any hatred, okay, <laughs> by what I'm about to say. So just, <laughs> hey, as long as you put a disclaimer on there. Yusuf also agreed to, again, examine prosecutions, uh, protections for free speech in the bill. Quote, I'm very actively considering both the breadth and the depth of freedom of expression clauses, the Justice Secretary said. We have to be aware of some of the concerns that may be expressed if we were to have a generic freedom of expression clause. Would that be specific enough to give people the reassurances that they desire? Glasgow Tory MSP Adam Tompkins, Tompkins, who is Covener? Covener? Convener, maybe. Convener? I don't know. Caution during his questioning of Yusuf that the bill may take censorship of speech too far. So, so how would you utterly, police how would you police this? Uh tattletailing. And it, set up a tattletale line. Call one eight hundred tattletale. He just said something mean to me. And how do you prosecute it? Like how, how do you actually go through and I don't know how they do things over there in Scotland. Uh but how do you prosecute that? Hearsay? Yeah. Uh, it, literally, just someone said that someone said something. That's it. Uh, past, like, other than setting up straight up 1984 George Orwell listening devices in everyone's homes, uh, which we already obviously know we have a ton of listening devices in everyone's homes already. TVs, phones, computers. Yeah, all kinds of stuff already listening all the time. Other than setting those things up and searching for keywords, you know, getting a little Amazon Alexa devices in everyone's houses and searching for different hate speech words, how would you ever police that? How could you possibly think that you're going to police what people say in their own houses to their, to their own family members? It's insane. And how do you expect people to think? I know. If you can't, if you can't risk being offensive, it's as crazy. Jordan Peterson would say. That's the whole point of freedom of speech. Is you have to you have to risk being offensive so that you can think about ideas, you know. Like on this podcast, we can talk about, hey man, I'm not sure if it's a good idea to let men who identify as women participate in women's sports. We can say that. Yeah. Like and and is that a hate crime now in Scotland? It might be. Scotland? Well, what was your intent? Were you intending to stir a patron? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't like to stir anything, let alone hatred. Okay. Well, then you're so, fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I shake things, actually. God, I'm just telling you, William Wallace's head is spinning in its grave right now. It is. I'm telling <laughs> you what. I am William Wallace. <laughs> oh, good Lord. So those are the only stories. I was going to tell, talk to you about going and voting. I had the hardest time. And that this is me being upfront and honest because I know a lot of people aren't going to like this that listen to this podcast, but I believe in being very truthful. You guys know I don't hold anything back. I did not know who I was going to vote for until I walked up to the machine and started punching the, the names on it. I had not made my decision yet. I made it while I was kind of while I was in line and it really was a game time decision. And you voted for walls. No, no, I voted for, uh, I voted for Jorgensen and Cohen. Um, and then I didn't vote for any of the other candidates because I didn't know who they were at all. So I just wasn't going to vote for him. Um, I should have looked that up because there were a lot of independents for the uh, U.S. Senate, I think, for the election and independents in uh, Tennessee. A lot of times are libertarians. One of them might have been anyway. And that's on them for not letting me know what their name was beforehand because I did not <laughs> know and I couldn't get my phone out and look it up while I was standing there. Mm-hmm. So that I was just saying I could not make up my mind. I did eventually vote for Jorgensen Cohen. Uh, and it wasn't anything against it wasn't anything against Dr. Joe and Spike because uh, I'm, I, you know, I love Spike. I think Joe's great. I really felt like the biggest fear I had was if I don't vote for Trump, does that mean that the media won? Because basically what we do is we just we just chastise the media all day and how how insane they've been for the last few years. And I felt like in doing that, I was giving them a little win. And I really, my vote for Trump would have been to stick it to the media. And I had to try and get rid of that feeling. And I had to decide, okay, well, if it wasn't for the media, if the media was completely impartial and unbiased, well, then who would I go vote for? And it would be Dr. Joe and Spike. 
And so that's so what you I, were holding I, up the line. No, no, I still went through there really quickly. <laughs> I just, um, you know, any any of you guys that end up voting for I guess Trump, you had two hours. You had two hours in line to think about. I it. did. I thought about it really hard. I made a whole PowerPoint presentations on futures trading while I was in line on my phone, and then um, was also trying to decide who I was going to vote for. Any of you guys who end up voting for Trump, I'm just saying, I I completely understand uh, because. I cannot stand what the media has done. I don't like a lot of what Trump has done, but I'm very upset about the media overall. And one thing I put on Twitter the other day is that libertarians need to realize the reason I get so upset about this. Libertarians have to remember that the same media is going to do the same thing to you when your libertarian president gets in office, if that's ever going to happen. You don't think that when Dr. Joe or someone else... Listen, I know they're they're not going to win, but let's say someone did get in office. You don't think that when Dr. Joe or someone else starts to 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 roll back the welfare programs and to do stuff like that and 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 lets people make their own decisions that she's not going to be berated as a racist and and all kinds of stuff and they're not going to put some crazy theories about different countries like she must be a plant for Somalia in here, you know, cuz libertarianism and, uh, you know, they're going to do all kinds of stuff. And so I really feel like we have to stand up against what's been going on in the media. Sometimes they're right about what they say, and sometimes it's just blatant lies. And we all have to realize they're going to do the same thing to any libertarian that gets in office. They'll try to impeach her if she got in office. And everyone was fine with impeachment being used as a political weapon when it was Trump. And so you got to be OK with it now, too, right? No, that's why I couldn't get behind the impeachment because I didn't feel like it was being done on principle. I felt like it was being used as as a political weapon. And do I want them to use that political weapon against Dr. Joe if she gets in there? No, I don't. So I can't get behind it. And you know, what's interesting is you actually really stuck it to the media because you actually voted for Trump and Biden. (laughs) Apparently a vote for Joe is a vote for Trump and a vote for Joe is a vote for Biden. Yeah. Yeah. So you you actually got three votes in there somehow. Yeah. Because they, I mean, the media said a vote for Joe is a vote for Biden and a vote for Joe is a vote for Trump. Yeah. So you voted for both. I did. That's, you, that's, that's one way around it. <laughs> one way to skirt the old voting that's process. the best way to get the most use out of your vote right there. You voted for two people. <laughs> right. So three people. Three. Sorry. Yeah. Vote for yeah, three people. Still, you A vote for Joe is a vote for three people. That's that's what she should have ran. Joe on. Jorgensen, not Joe Biden. Right. J.O. Joe Jorgensen. So anyway, I just wanted to share my thoughts on that. And, and like uh, what um, some, some of you had said in the group, if I was in a, uh, if I was in a swing, if I was in Pennsylvania, then I probably would have, I probably would have voted for Trump, but I'm in Tennessee. I think Trump got 65% last time, something like yeah, that. It's not going to matter. He's going to be fine. Uh, I did still I still had that nagging feeling that the media was winning when I didn't when I didn't vote for him. But I also we do need the Libertarian Party to get over that five percent threshold so we can get that champagne popped in our faces, you know. Um, but we do need them to get under five percent threshold because then they can get access to the same funding for the campaigns that the other parties get. And annoyingly, what's going to happen? is uh, Spike Cohen's already talked about how if they do get the funding for their political campaigns that the federal government sets out, that they will donate it to different charities or something like that. And uh, I do not agree with that at all. So um, that some people think that that would show just the great aspects of libertarianism if they donated the money. I don't agree. Because I don't think that donating stolen money to charity is any better than using the stolen money on yourself. And if you're going to do anything with it, just distribute it evenly back to the taxpayers or try and get yourself on a little bit more level playing field with the people that you're up against in the game. If we always refuse to play the game, then you will for sure never win the game. That is a near impossibility. I went there trying to play baseball on the football field one time and they laughed me out of the house, man. Let me tell you what, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to win that game at mm-hmm. all. So anyway, man, I don't know. Uh, I want to what, see what's happening. I'm looking up the swing states right now. So right yeah. now in Florida, um, and I'm guessing this is polling, but also early voting indications. I don't uh, think they can start showing the actual vote tallies, can they? I, th- I think so. 
I don't right now uh, in Florida, Biden holds a 1.2 uh, point lead. So he's got 48.4% and Trump has 47.2%. So that's pretty, pretty damn close there. I don't think in Pennsylvania Biden holds a five point lead. He's got 50.5% to Trump's 45.2%. In Ohio, Trump uh, basically has a two point lead. He's up 48.5 to Biden's 46.6. In Michigan, mm-hmm. Biden's up seven and a half points, 50 to 43. North Carolina, Biden's up two points, 49 to 47. Arizona, Biden's up almost four points, 49 to 45. Wisconsin, Biden, Arizona, that's interesting. Um, Wisconsin, Biden's up seven and a half, 51 to 43. Iowa, Biden's up 0.3 percentage points, 47.3 to 47. Yeah, I don't think that. I mean, we know this. I don't think a lot of those polls really matter. You got to think of who's going to early vote. Uh, sure, a lot of older people do uh, mail-in ballots. You know, they, and then you get, I don't know about the absentee ballots, whether or not those are in, stuff like that. But the exit polling in places where people are actually going and voting right now, that's mostly going to be people in bigger cities, I believe, and that's why I went and voted today instead of waiting until Election Day, because I did not want to wait in a four hour line on Election Day. But the people who don't have to worry about that are people who live in more rural rural areas, people who live in smaller towns, people who live in cities that are going to have, um, you know, smaller crowds and all those. You don't really have to worry about going and early voting that much. So I do think right now you get a big skewed result from big cities right now where people are trying to avoid the massive lines in a lot of these places. And obviously in your uh, high population density centers, you typically sway more Democrat. So this is actually a great article from the guardian. that says, uh, I'll just read this here. It says Joe Biden is leading Donald Trump, the national polls for the presidential election, but that doesn't guarantee the democratic candidate victory. Hillary Clinton also had a clear lead over Trump in the polls. For almost the entire 2016 campaign, she ended up losing in the Electoral College. Because the presidential voting system assigns each state a number of Electoral College votes, which go to the state's victor regardless of the margin of victory, uh, with the exception of Nebraska and Maine, a handful of swing states will probably decide the election and be targeted heavily by campaigners. Each day, the Guardian's poll tracker takes a rolling 14-day average of the polls in eight swing states. In order to track how the race is developing in the areas that could decide the election, six of the eight states we focused on were those that flipped to Trump in 2016 after backing Barack Obama in 2012. Arizona and North Carolina were also added due to that uh, due to what they might tell us about the shifting electoral landscape. They could emerge as vital new swing states this year. We must caution that the polls, particularly uh, particularly some swing state polls, severely undercounted Trump supporters in 2016. We are not certain, despite assurances, that they have corrected this. Additionally, they may be overcounting Democratic support, where more people may say they will vote for Biden than actually turn out. We present the latest polls with those caveats in mind. So they do kind of say that they could be skewed towards Biden anyway. Yeah. So they're, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I uh, uh, someone in the group is saying that they were confident in voting for Joe ever since, uh, ever since, and that I'm just since we're talking about voting, I'm not saying people's names uh, out loud, but and then we're questioning questioning that right now, and I totally get it. And honestly, this election, you know, I don't I don't feel like I like I said bef- before I stood up there with the thing in my hand to punch on it, they gave you a straw, like a like a bar drink straw to push on the, the selector because they didn't want people's hands on it. It was kind of funny. Use this little straw to punch in your votes. Um, straw vote. Before, yeah, straw, straw bowl. Before <laughs> I got up there, I didn't know whose name I was going to punch. And I thought about it for a long time. And um, I ended up going with Joe because we were in Tennessee and like I said, if I was in the swing state, I don't know if it would have been the same way. And I'm sorry, libertarians. And I'm sorry, Joe and Spike. Uh, I just I've never seen this from the media before in my life. And I don't want them to think that this is acceptable behavior. And to me, that is the worst part that's going to come out of this. If Trump ends up losing, 
is that this will become purely acceptable behavior, not that it won't already, but um, I don't want that to be the case because that'll be used against libertarians in the future too. So I, I think there's got to be a little bit of a message sent out that people are not buying all the hysteria and the craziness from the media all the time. And I do think that that is a very important vote uh, to cast as well, that you're not going to pay attention to all this mass hysteria and biased reporting. Yeah. So I look for me, I have to be able to sleep at night. And so I have to vote my conscience. I have yeah. to vote for the person who most aligns with what I believe in. And and even in 2016, I couldn't even vote for Gary Johnson because of the, some, some of the policies and things that he stood for that I completely disagreed with. Um, yeah. Bake the cake was one of the first, was one of the main ones. Um, and so it's like, I, you know, I wrote someone in because I have to be able to sleep at night. And honestly, I think people should vote their conscious, regardless of whether or not you think he's going to win or what your fear is. If the other person gets in, because at the end of the day, if everyone just voted what they actually believed in, maybe we could change some things. And so I can't sit here and say, um, oh, well, if everybody voted what they believe in and then not vote for what I believe in. I have to be consistent and principled in my vote so that I can rest easy at night knowing that I at least, regardless of the outcome, I was able to cast my vote for the person I most believe in holds the values of liberty closest. Yeah. So that's how I, that's how I just feel. That's how I feel. I'm not chastising anybody else for, it's a complicated decision. There, there's multiple ways to do it. There's multiple ways to talk yourself in and out of all kinds of things. I, I just, for me, when I sit here and talk about how, if everyone just voted for what they believed in the most, then we could change some things. Well, it, it's got to start with me. So I got to clean my room and then go vote. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I understand, man. I totally get it. And uh, mm -hmm. that's what I ended up doing. So I'm I guess, glad. I guess we agree. Although I'm not okay with that. I guess I don't you know built if a I wall in your it. office there. So you don't need. Yeah. I build my own walls back here. <laughs> so, and they're just as easy to climb. So, and it's just as sturdy, honestly, this thing could come down and crush me at any point. So, yeah, it actually looks like you'd slip through the cracks. Yeah, probably would. Yeah. You could just pass cocaine right through those holes. <laughs> I almost <laughs> voted for Kanye West too. I, th I considered it, you know. <laughs> Was he on the ballot? It, yeah, he's on the ballot. Are you serious? In Tennessee, he is anyway. He was on there. <laughs> yeah. It's so, fantastic. It was a it was a consideration after listening to his Joe Rogan episode. I mean, uh, I haven't listened to that yet. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth listening to. The yeah. funny. It's it's ridiculous sometimes, <laughs> and then sometimes it's uh, really good. You know. Yeah. So, all right, y'all. The man met Jesus, and then he's <laughs> off to run for president. <laughs> well, it was God that told him to run for president. It, ah. He was cold. He didn't even know if he wanted to do it. They, he was just called to do it, which which is fine nowadays. If you mm. are interested in trading, if you're interested in day trading, in long-term trading, whatever it is you want to do, go to mastermystonks.com. I got in a position just uh, at 3 p.m., and now here it is. Holy crap, it's 4.37. Good Lord. I'm up 90 bucks on the position since getting in it. I only took one contract. I'm pretty happy with how that's going so far. So so that's good. You've been recording a podcast the whole time. I've been recording a podcast the whole time, mm -hmm. making money uh, on a futures contract while I was doing it. So if you're interested in trading futures, which we are getting into right now, options, which we are getting into right now, and then, yes, the stock market itself, which we just have hundreds of videos on on the website you can go to mastermind we can stonks. teach you how to trade the stock market but we trade the stock market yeah yeah well it's the stock market is what you graduate to after you you get past all those stupid stocks out there and you learn how to trade those then you get into the stock market and yeah. those are really good so go to mastermystonks.com if you want to learn what's going on in the market why the heck has the market dropped so much here in the last few days well i mean that was pretty much predictable you know, I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier, to tell you the truth. But here we come up on the election and uh, we're voting between raising taxes like crazy or most of the country being on fire. And those are going to be the two main options that come out of this election. And so, yeah, the market's going to be dipping down for just a little bit. But anyway, go to mm -hmm. MasterMyTrades or MasterMySongs.com and we'll tell you how to 
wade through all the BS and get down to make some trades every day. Also, join the Patreon group, patreon.com slash Liberty. Get in on the live action. Tomorrow is going to be dumb bleep of the week, so you don't want to miss out on that. If you want to get your vote heard and your vote counted, then it only costs you five bucks a month with us. That's that's our voting standards. You know, We're not affiliated with the U.S. national election or anything like that, so don't uh, don't come crying about your right to vote. Uh, in our group, it's a privilege, okay? So $5 a month will get you in to watch the live show. Of course, we have more tiers than that. There are people that are paying 20 30 40 50 bucks a month, and so whatever you feel is worth it for your liber- liberty cause, then put your money where your mouth is, and that helps us get the word of this show out. So patreon.com slash Liberty, and then y'all continue to share the show. Let me do a refresh of the numbers real quick here ridiculous Uh, (laughs) it's uh it's i mean i'm actually just surprised and um humbled is what i can think of most i think we're gonna be i think we're gonna be up at a stapleton tom woods numbers here uh judging by this trends by next tuesday Right, (laughs) you know, but uh, I'm still working on the model. But give me a second. (laughs) The modelers (laughs) are predicting we're going to be the biggest podcast in the entire world sometime next month. We'll surpass (laughs) Joe Rogan in about six months. So according to the models, so (laughs) don't get mad at me. It's the modeling. So anyway, continue to share the show with a friend, with your communist uncle and your socialist aunt, and maybe your Fox News loving grandpa, and. Teach them what a podcast is, you know, say, hey, hey, Pappy, you ever heard a podcast, man? Check this one out. And uh, then, you know, put some earbuds in his in his head. <laughs> and I, if you do all that, <laughs> we'll be back again tomorrow. <laughs> Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. <laughs>